Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. People Champ Radio, right back at you again. I'm Roy Mack with my right hand man, Cash. Great Cash, homie. What's up, baby? What it do? Yes, sir. People Champ Radio, back at you every single Sunday afternoon. We talk the best in sports and pop culture. Don't look any further. Check out our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Also, hit us up on iTunes as well, People's Champ Radio. Hey, man, let's jump right into it. Big fight last night. Canelo Triple G uh, came down to a draw. Uh, one of the judges, that was the big story of the night. The, the card that came out 118 to 110. Uh, on the female judge's card, last name Bird, I think it was Adeline Bird, 118-110 was her score, so that was a little wide. But before we get to that, let's just talk about the fight, man. What would you think about the fight, Cash? Um, I felt like that fight was um, it was an incredible fight, but on behalf of Triple G, um, it showed me, it proved me wrong about Triple G. I thought Triple G had a little bit of a stamina problem, um, and I, I wasn't sure how he would react to a guy consistently taking everything he had. Because um, we know, you know, Danny Jacobs came in, you know, 20 pounds over, right? He was Apparently they said he was about 180 during that fight with, with Triple G, so he was able to absorb those punches. But Triple G still knocked him down, right? Um, and ultimately was able to be kind of comfortable in terms of points. But I thought that because of Canelo's boxing skills and um, the experience that he's had in some really big fights early on in his career, I thought that he would outclass Triple G, and I was absolutely wrong. To me, watching that fight and then looking at the finality of the fight, it makes me feel like this has kind of knocked Canelo down a notch. And not obviously, he technically got the win. But watching that fight, it really looked like Triple G at one point was so dominant over Canelo that Triple G was like, his bravado was that of this shit easy. That's what it felt like to me. I was watching it like, damn, this looks like Canelo's being bullied right now. And so it sounds like uh, you definitely scored the fight for, for Triple G. Um, did you did you have an actual scorecard? You kept how many rounds? What you what you give it to him? Was it seven five? Was it a blow? Did you have him on, have Canelo in a blowout? How did you have it? Uh, I had it. I had him in a blowout. I had it. Um, I had it eight to four. Eight four Canelo. Okay. I'm yeah, sorry. Eight, eight four Triple G. I'm sorry. Yeah, eight four Triple G. And I, I remember Jim Lampley having it seven to two through nine rounds. Just <laughs> oh, <I> mean. <laughs> When somebody has you being dominated seven to two through nine, you know, and I was in agreement. Um, Triple G was the aggressor. He was more accurate. He threw more punches. His power punches were landing flush. And he was just in control of the fight. It's funny because, and you alluded to this before, that Canelo was, you know, uh, fighting like Floyd, right? You know, that's uh, that's what you were saying. And and I disagree. Canelo was running. Floyd was really counterpunching. I was watching Canelo. This guy Triple G literally was running after Canelo around ten. I think I believe it was around ten. Right. So and let I'm me watching this fight, and I'm like, God damn. So let me jump in. So let me jump in. So let me jump okay. in right there, right? So yeah, no, we we spoke we spoke we we did speak speak briefly about it, not too long, just because we wanted to make sure that we talked about it, you know, on air. Um, so here's my take on the fight. Let me back up first before I get to that point, because I'm going to put a pin there. I'm going to come back to that. Um, I actually would have been cool with the decision. I'm, I'm actually not as outraged as most people are about the draw, and we'll get to that later, how everybody's going crazy about the draw. I'm not as outraged as everybody is with that. Um, I actually would have been okay with either fighter winning um, by one or two rounds. Um, so seven five, uh, either way, to me would have been a good scorecard. I disagree with you on the on that fight, and that's why I think it was actually such a good fight. Is because I think everybody universally can say, you know what, that was a really good fight. Some people are gonna say, you know, this guy won, that guy won. That's what makes for a good fight. I thought what Canelo did was beautiful in that fight against Triple G. If you go back and watch that fight, 
Canelo's actually catching a lot of those shots. He's catching a lot of those left hooks with his right hand. If you go back and watch it, he's catching a lot of those on his glove. Triple G really couldn't land a right hand the entire night. He couldn't land a solid right hand on Canelo. Canelo's movement, I think Canelo, to me, started slowing down because I don't think that he, well, I know he's never had to fight like that before. So that was different for him. He's never had to fight anybody um, in that manner, having to move and da da da. But he had to. He's fighting a much bigger guy at a, you know a guy who's at a who's a full middleweight. I thought he looked slick in the fight. I thought from around about round three, four, five, I felt like Canelo was to me was boxing his ears off. I straight up boxing his ear. Because if you watch Triple G, yeah, he's stalking him and he's coming straight at him. But Canelo's slipping. That's why I said, man, he could. If you follow me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at RoyMac12 on Twitter. Catch me on there. And if you if you follow me along when I'm uh, uh, watching the fight, I'm literally, uh, uh, you know, reacting as I'm seeing it. I'm like, yo, Canelo's looking like Floyd because he's slipping. He's against the ropes. He's slipping. Even in the middle of the ring, he's slipping shots and pop, 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 pot shot him, hit him with some, hit him with some combinations. But I think people aren't used to seeing Canelo fight that way in terms of the moving around. And I, and, and I do agree with you. There are points in that fight where he is like, hey, let me get out of here. But listen, I think if you're asking me my honest opinion, I actually thought Canelo landed the harder. Uh, I don't want I don't, I don't to say harder shots, but I thought he landed the shots that looked more uh, uh, authoritative. Uh, I thought Triple G did a good job of being busy, which... Could have won him the fight. I agree with that. But I thought that the shots that Canelo would land on him. Listen, he hit Triple G with shots that knocked out uh, that knocked out uh, 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 Amir Khan, that knocked out uh, other guys. You know what I mean? He just, I mean, Triple G is a bigger guy. So, but then to get to, to yep. your last. Definitely to, a bigger guy. Yeah, he's a bigger guy. But I thought, you know, just my aspect of it, I thought 7-5 for either guy. In terms of rounds, if you give it seven five either way, in my opinion, is a good scorecard. That's what I thought. But you saw the blowout. But and I've talked to a lot of people that saw the blowout, and I can understand why. I do understand why you could look at that and give those rounds to Triple G. I totally do. Whenever I see a fight, and this is how typically I look at a fight, when I, especially when I say it's a blowout, or if I feel like I, when I feel like one guy is making the fight, that's when I start saying okay because. You know, Triple G and his activity made this a great fight. It wasn't Canelo's activity and Triple G's activity, in my personal opinion. Um, I would have liked to see Canelo uh, maybe a little, a lot more busy. I just felt like he was being dominated. And maybe his game, that was their game plan, was to be a lot more uh, counterpunch, you know, uh, counteractive, if you will, more Floyd Mayweather-ish. But because we're not used to seeing that, we don't assume that that was the game plan, right? Right. Um, so, and, I, and that's my that's my train of thought. I'm thinking to myself, was that the game plan, or you know, did Gennady just have him on his heels the entire fight? I mean, we'll find out. There is going to be a rematch, and you know, sometimes the beauty in these judges' scores when you know when when this does happen, like you said, that the female judge obviously was in total disagreement with the other two gentlemen. You know, her, her scores were far more wide. You know, she maybe she saw it like you saw it, right, um, in, in regards to, you know, Canelo's activity and what he was doing, slipping punches, you know, feet movement, things of that nature. But, I mean, from what I was watching, it looked like Canelo was being overwhelmed with the pressure that Gennady Golovkin had. And, you know, man, listen, I, I'm what I want to see in this rematch is, I want to. I'm wondering if Canelo had, because he, you know, he tested more on the first one, but I'm wondering if this was going to be that Tim Bradley Pacquiao where everybody was like, listen, man, Pacquiao won the first one. And then Pacquiao came in and dominated Tim Bradley in the second fight. That's what I believe is going to happen in this one. What do you think is going to happen in this rematch? Wow. So you're thinking Triple G is going to dominate Canelo in the rematch? Yes, sir. Wow. See, I. Right. No. So that you makes know, sense. That makes Bradley sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen. I, here's what I if you want my honest opinion right now. Um. You know, the day after the fight. Here's what I would say. I think Canelo is going to box him and win easy. Uh. 
Because I thought that Canelo, like I said, I, I, I want to say it's rounds three, four, and five. If I, I, I'm not 100%. I have to go back and double check. But I think it's those rounds. If you go back and watch those rounds and the work that Canelo's doing, it's easy work in terms of boxing. He's hitting them whenever he wants to. Um, he's moving. He's slipping. Um, I think what happened is that Canelo's cardio betrayed him. Or should I say his stamina betrayed him. Um, because, again, that's not really his style of fight. Um, with that much movement, with that much, uh, uh, you know, quite frankly, some at some point, you know, just getting out of the, getting the hell out of the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, it, it was a different game plan. I think when they go back and watch that fight, they'll say, you know what, look, man, look at these rounds. I'm, we're hitting them whenever we want to. Let's make sure our our cardio is good. And and you know, I that again. So that's what makes this matchup so intriguing because you think that Canelo, I'm sorry, that Triple G is going to come out and blow him out in the second fight. And me, I'm anticipating Canelo coming out and just giving him a boxing lesson. I really do. I think that Canelo can come out and give him a boxing lesson. Now, would I be surprised if Triple G catches him, hurts him, and knocks him out or just wins? Not at all because I think it's that close of a fight. Although what we're going to have to see, and we're going to get into this a little bit later about boxing and the politics what we're going to have to see is specifically when the rematch is going to take place um right. which is important because triple g is getting up there in age now i think he's 35 36 years old absolutely um canelo's still very much in his prime so it's not going to affect canelo at all if anything canelo's going to be better um in a year yeah. right he'll be I better agree. in a year um can't say the same for triple g in terms of he's going to be better right um that may have been you know, the best that Triple G could look at this point in, 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 in his career, he his age. Great, man. No, he looked he looked he good. Great. He did look good. He great, Talk to me man. though about um what you what you're what you're alluding to. Cause I know that you've said it several times that Triple G made the fight. So are you saying that just because he he was coming forth the entire night? Absolutely. Because, you know, coming off here's the reality, man. You gotta get the elephant out of the room, right? The Floyd Mayweather uh, McGregor fight took so much from this fight in terms of, you know, spotlight, uh, build-up, hype. I didn't hear anybody at my job talking about this fight, and I told you this several times. That Mayweather-McGregor, I realized that there was a mega fight when people were arguing about who they thought were going to win after the club. Two random drunk dudes arguing about this fight. That I was like, okay, this, this is real. This is a real fight that people really want to see. Now, with the McGregor, uh, excuse me, the uh, Golovkin-Canelo fight, I heard nobody talking about it. And when I say nobody, nobody, I, I was the one having to initiate the convo to ask people what they thought about the fight. <laughs> so boxing really did need this fight um, to look good. The optics needed to look good, right? Um, and, and, and Triple G delivered because... Triple G had been built up as the boogeyman, but his last two fights, people were starting to say, hey, you know, maybe they got the, you know, maybe they, they got the blueprint on Triple G, right? Like, you know, the gig, the gig's up, right? Um, you know, we know what we know what he's made of now. He's no longer the boogeyman. What Triple G did for me was not only did he, did he solidify himself as the number one, um, you know, pound for pound in that middleweight division, uh, you know, for the 160s. But he also showed me that, you know, I I'm not confident that too many people can walk in that ring and beat Triple G. Matter of fact, after watching him fight against Canelo and seeing that he did have the stamina and he looked like he was ready to go for two additional rounds if they had to, um, man, I I unless age just, you know, fails him, right? If age kicks in on him and, you know, next thing you know, he's not as fast or as strong. I don't see anybody beating Triple G right now, man. He looked that good to me. Wow. No, listen, I thought he looked good. I thought his pre his pressure was good all night. Um, I was impressed with the fact that he did keep the pace up. But also, I was super impressed with Canelo because he did take a few shots from Triple G and kind of shook him off and kept coming. I was impressed with, with Canelo uh, being able to take some of those shots. Now, he didn't take a lot, which is smart. Um, I knew Triple G had a good chin because uh, he he you know no one's gonna confuse him for a defensive uh, a defensive wizard. He's there to get hit right, um, and he did get hit, <laughs> um, but he took those shots well. I I don't think he I think maybe one time I can remember him getting hit 
and it looking like possibly it he felt it. But other than that, I mean, where I was watching a fight at all night, I kept referring to it to uh, Triple G as the Terminator. I, I believe on on Twitter, I actually um, alluded to that as well. That listen, he this guy's the Terminator because he just kept coming forward. Yeah. Uh, even when that nickname too. Yeah, he he just kept coming straight at you. You know what I mean? He. he he would get hit and he would just keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And it was like, okay, at some point I kept thinking, okay, is this going to become discouraging for Canelo? Because when you're hitting a guy, like I said, those shots knocked out James Kirkland. Those shots, those shots dropped a lot of guys. Those shots were hurting Miguel Cotto when Canelo fought Cotto. He was fighting Triple G and they weren't moving him. Now, I do have something to add to that, but I just want to let everybody know you're definitely listening to People's Champ, People's Champ. Uh, radio. I'm Roy Mack with my right hand man, Cash. We come to you every Sunday afternoon and, and, and keep listening because we got a surprise coming up where we may be bringing you this show uh, uh, a little bit more than just on Sunday afternoon. So, man, stay tuned for that uh, and definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel, People's Champ Radio. People's Champ Radio. Why can't I say that today? People's Champ Radio. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit us up on iTunes as well with the iPhone. Uh, we're going to be coming to Android too, so stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, definitely support the movement, man. Follow me on Twitter, RoyMac12. Hit me up. I'm covering all the fights, all the sporting events. Yeah, you know, I'm there. But but to go back to 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 what I want to uh, speak on with uh, Triple G, um, listen. Let me say this: You made the statement that you don't think anybody at 160 can beat him. I'm gonna disagree a little bit. I like. Uh, I think Charlo um, could. I would actually favor Charlo right now, to be honest with you, just because Charlo's a, uh, he's a better boxer in terms of hand speed. Um, versatility he's a better boxer than Canelo and I think he not think I, I know he has better cardio than Canelo and I think he's probably a little bit naturally bigger than Canelo so I would favor Charlo and I definitely would favor Danny Jacobs just because and I told you this when when Danny Jacobs and Triple G fought I thought Triple uh, I thought uh, Danny Jacobs won the fight um yeah, you can't say that. Yeah, I, I mean, thought I, I absolutely disagree with you yeah, on that. I thought, I thought Triple G controlled him with that jab the entire fight. And I think, well, see, and, and that's the thing about Triple G, right? Because of his style with him just coming straight at you and he's constantly stalking. Listen, it it always it always gonna give the appearance off that the other guy is under duress. You know what I mean? It's always gonna look like look like the other guy's under a lot of duress because he's just constantly coming coming towards you throwing shots. Um, but I, I really did. I thought, I thought Danny Jacobs did some good work in that fight. I thought once, I thought Danny Jacobs got knocked down based on his nerves. I really do. So I think. Roy, it, <laughs> so Roy, let me get this straight. Yeah, go ahead. In your eyes, Triple G has lost the last two fights. Yeah. No, real talk. Wow. I don't think, but wow. you know, but let me say this. I think that he's wow. lost. I think that he's lost his last two fights. Very, but I also think that both of those fights, um, I wasn't upset with the decision against um, against Danny Jacobs. Because, I, again, I thought that fight was close just like this fight. So I thought 7-5 either way in that fight was a good card as well. Um, some of the scores were a little wider in that Danny Jacobs fight than I would have liked to have seen. But, listen, I, I thought both fights were good fights. Um I thought that was the reason that Canelo took this fight was because of the, of the Danny Jacobs fight. And I do want to get to one more thing, and I'll let you jump in here. At some point, we're going to have to have a real conversation about Canelo. And has he made a career out of fighting smaller men, right? Because even though this is at a full 160, um, and again, Canelo is a little weird just because Canelo is a guy who for years now has fought at what people call Canelo weight. Canelo just kind of fights people at whatever weight, 155. Once these aren't even real weight classes, 157. You know, he just fights right. people at, at random weights. But the reason I'm saying that is because with Triple G, you know, people you know applaud him for being this stalker, and even me, I, I enjoy his style. But if we go back, and I and I don't want to, you know, listen, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to kind of, you know, bring down the mood on Triple G because I, I love that fight last night. I want, I can't wait to see it again. But we got to start asking this question, right? I've now seen a lot of guys who are a little bit smaller than him, maybe not natural uh, middleweights, fight him, right, at middleweight. And, you know, he looked good against them. 
what I what I still am upset about is that nobody ever really pushed him to fight um, uh, Andre Ward when Andre Ward was at 168 pounds and Triple G was at 160. The fact that no one ever pushed him to let's do a catch weight with Andre Ward and let's figure this thing out, right? That always kind of bothered me a little bit about uh, um, about Triple G, that no one ever, you know, because you remember with Floyd Mayweather for the last, what, five, six years, it's always been, you know, he needs to fight somebody bigger and fight this guy and fight that guy. Nobody ever said, hey, won't you just fight a, a guy one weight class up? You guys do a catch weight. Nobody ever said that. Floyd Mayweather to fight middleweight. Right. They right. wanted Floyd to fight Ronda Rousey at one point. They wanted <laughs> Floyd to fight Andre the Giant. I mean, golly, that brother couldn't catch a break. And I'm with you with you, Gennady Golovkin. And I think his people are extremely smart. They want no parts of Andre Wood. Um, they wanted no parts of him then. And they definitely don't want no parts of him now because he officially beat the boogeyman in boxing. That, Kovalev was the new boogeyman. Andre Ward beat the snot out of this man twice. So Andre Ward is pound for pound number one, period, end of discussion. I don't want to hear no 120-pound Lomachenko talk. I don't know who beat him, and I don't know who he beat, right? So uh, with Triple G, yeah, they picked his fight smart. And listen, when I saw the size difference between Canelo and Triple G, it gave me cause to pause because I was like, man, Canelo is so much shorter than this guy. And I knew Triple G was going to establish that jab. He got a nice little straight left jab, and, and, and it hurts. You can look, you can tell it hurts. And I agree with you. I think dangerous fights for Triple G are Danny Jacobs again, because I believe that Danny Jacobs does have his confidence back, especially after, you know, rumbling with him one time. My problem with Danny Jacobs is that during um, very pivotal points in that fight, he did not remain focused on the task at hand. And ultimately, that's what cost him, I believe. I believe it would have been a much closer fight, but he wanted to show, you know, his hometown crowd that, hey, I got knocked down, but I'm still here. It's like family. You, you, you coming in and win the fight, not to have a, you know, not to quote-unquote give this guy a good run. You know, you coming in to win. But, you know, hopefully him and his corner people get that straightened out. I was kind of, I was kind of annoyed with Danny doing the fight because I was like, okay, we, we get that you're in the fight. Now go win it, right? Now, Charlo. Oh, man, that's Charlo's my favorite fighter in middleweight. I love his style. Um, but, again, I'm not saying that Charlo can't beat Triple G. I'm saying that they fought right now. I would give the slight edge to Triple G. But I'm going to say this, and you alluded to it earlier. The way it's going right now, because Triple G's not getting any younger, I feel like I'm not going to have him favored in any matches outside of this Canelo match uh, rematch. Because after that, he's going to be, you know, 37 and, you know, his fighting style, you know, man, when you get a little older up there and you want to fight like Triple G fights, you're susceptible. You know what I'm saying? You're susceptible to getting, getting, getting caught on the chin or, you know what I mean, you don't have that same pop. You know, age is undefeated. So Triple G is very interesting because he could be a guy that goes out with multiple losses because of who he chooses to fight at the end of his career and their age difference. That's going to be something to really watch about. Triple G's fight after the Canelo rematch. Yeah, and that's why I, I talked about it a little bit earlier. It's going to be important to see exactly when that fight happens, time frame mm -hmm. wise, because it has to happen. Like, I mean, man, we're in September. I mean, think about it. You know, they're going to try to get a good payday, so it's probably going to happen next May, right? That's what that's, that's what I'm hearing far. right now. I'm hearing right that's now that they're far. that they're trying to wait until Cinco de Mayo in May. That's too far. And listen, if they do that. If I'm, listen, Golovkin's, uh, you know, what, 37, 38 and 0 right now? Um, listen, <laughs> if you win his next Camelo, just just retire because you're going to have to run through a gauntlet. And Charlo is his mandatory, by the way, um, aside from this Canelo rematch. He he wants, he's, just, he's getting up there in age. When I'm talking about Super G, I'm talking about right here, right now. If we were able to fight tomorrow, I would have him up. But a year from now, you're getting older. Nah, man, you're not a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? You're a boxer. You're not being protected by anything. So, yeah, man, um, Triple G, just go out undefeated, man, and have a have a good life. You know what I mean? <laughs> have a good life. <laughs> have a good life because he's getting older. These young cats are are um, sharpening their their you know their skills. Um, they're they're coming into their prime. Like right now. 
I would say in about a year, year and a half, you're going to get Charlo at his very, very best, meaning head-wise and physically, right? So that's just a dangerous fight, man. And I just, and I just looked it up. These guys are than Triple G as well. I just looked it up. Triple, Triple G will turn 36 in April. Yeah, because he's gonna run into well, some monsters here. Let me, but let me he stop you. But hold on, but let me let me stop you a little bit there, just a little bit, right? And and this is not this is not uh, 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 on you. This is more or less on on uh, the media and a lot of these very very casual fans, um, because you're making a, a a point that is you know listen that that's a a good point. He is going to be 36 years old. He's older. He's going to become an older fighter. These guys that are coming up, the Charlos, um, some of these other guys, these guys are young. Um, these guys are young fighters. Billy Joe and Saunders. bigger than him. Yeah, Billy Joe Saunders. These guys are younger guys. Um, and that's a gauntlet staring you in the face. Here's why I don't – here's why I'm, I'm not saying he should retire. And I hate having to keep bringing this guy's name up because this is, isn't about him. But a young man by the name of Floyd Mayweather Jr., who is now 40 years old, no one cared that he was 36, 37, 38. They, right now, people are mad that he's retired because they want him to fight Keith Thurman. They want him to fight Errol Spence. The man's 40. They want him to lose. Yeah, the man's literally 40, and they're mad because they're like, oh, well, you don't want to fight Errol Spence. Oh, you don't want to fight uh, Keith Thurman. Like, okay, well, when does he retire then? Because after he beats those guys, it's going to be a new crop. Of young fighters, right? So when does he retire? When somebody finally beats him? So for me, I'm sitting back and I'm like, listen, yeah, I know Golovkin's getting up there in age, but let's be honest, right? Golovkin, in terms of him having popularity and really being a uh, staple in boxing, that's relatively new, right? I'm saying over the last, what, four years maybe is when he really has solidified solidified himself as, you know, um, uh, uh, you know a big-time player in boxing. So it's not like he's been on top for a decade or anything like that. He's been on top for about, you know, three, four years, oh. I would say. Oh, my bad, Roy. I, I forgot to um, explain to you how this works. If you're a black fighter, you got to go through gauntlets and you got to fight until you lose. But everybody <laughs> else, hey, but everybody else, man, they don't got to go through this. And we can kind of... We can kind of jump from this into this conversation that we're going to talk about about Gronkowski, right? This brother Gronkowski ain't lasted an entire NFL season, I think, in like three or four years. And they already got this brother ranked eighth all time. So Gronkowski is ranked eighth all time to tight ends, which means that he's going to the Hall of Fame. He was missing on the last year's Super Bowl team, although he was not missing at the Super Bowl party when he was celebrating. Although he's out the whole year, you know, I don't know what the hell he's celebrating for, but, you know, funny to me too. So, yeah, man, listen, they got the complexion for the protection. They want Floyd to fight until he loses. And I'm saying stylistically, Golovkin, kind of like Roy Jones, that style, age catches up with you when you fight, like the way Golovkin fights and the way um, the GOAT and Roy Jones Jr. fought. And if you're in Golovkin's camp, what you have to do, man, is say, listen, listen, Donati, we, we, we did it all. We got crowned. Um, you know, Golovkin has been known for about, what, two, three years now. <laughs> he, right. He hasn't, and he, he, this is the first significant fighter he's beat, by the way. Let's keep it true. Um, in his weight class that everyone is very aware of is Canelo. Not many were very aware of Danny Jacobs. That's why people were surprised that Danny gave him a run for his money. But if you know anything about Danny Jacobs, you know, he's highly touted. He just had, um, you know, some illnesses to deal with, you know, uh, some health issues. Um, so I, I hope that Danny Jacobs, you know, stays focused because I would love to see him and Charlo get it on too at one point. That will be an incredible fight. Um, but anywho, so, yeah, man, listen, the Luffin got the uh, complexion for the protection, and he's good out here. I mean, let me say this. I I, I, I made a misnomer earlier. I said the Luffin is – 38 no uh no he's 37 and 1 now because he did technically lose that fight i was talking at you know, well it was a it was a well it, it was a draw it was a draw so technically he, he, oh, he right yeah, so 37 37 0 uh, and 1 30 he'll be 37 0 and 1 yeah right 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 it was a draw so um 
So yeah, a we want to see a rematch. That's what that was. Um. So yeah, man. Let, let me ask you this, Roy, because we out there in State Town, man. You in San Antonio, man. Uh, a lot of uh, Latina and uh, Latino brothers and sisters out there. What is the um? What's the talk, man? What's the buzz out there about this fight, man? Well, yeah, no, that's that's a good question. So, uh, I went to, I did go to a fight party here, um, and listen, it was obviously it it was a heavy uh, pro Canelo crowd. Um, but I will tell you this: at the end of that fight, I would say it was probably seventy thirty people feeling like Golovkin won. This is before the decision was 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 read. I would say it was seventy thirty people saying that they thought. Um, Golovkin won the fight, um, and that's what I was getting at. That's what I—that's what I wanted to hear because that's what I'm hearing on this end. We out here in Dallas, you know what I mean? And I'm not hearing a lot of celebration from you know the the Canelo fans, right? And that lets me know that they know the boy got touched up. Everybody but Roy knows Canelo lost that fight. <laughs> Roy and the judge apparently. Well, listen, man. Again, so one thing I know about me, and and in case you just turned uh, tuned us in or you just uh, uh, locked in on on this channel, People's Champ Radio. I'm Roy Mack. That's Cash. We do this every single Sunday afternoon. We react to the best in sports, and also we talk pop culture. So lock us in, man. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, follow us. Um, you can hit me on Twitter at Roy Mac Twelve. We on iTunes. Just get at us, man. Follow the movement. You dig? Hey, listen, so what you understand about me when I'm watching these fights is what I look for is a few things, right? So, one, I look for um, – let me back up. I don't take into account heavily who's the aggressor. So what I'm looking for is I'm looking for who's hitting and not getting hit, right? So I take that into account in these rounds. And then I also take into account who's landing the more effective shots. Um mm-hmm. I really, and I know most people that judge, they judge using, you know, who's the, the aggressor. I think sometimes it can be fake aggression because how else is Golovkin going to fight? Golovkin's not, he, he's not fast enough to be a counterpuncher. That's the only way he can fight. So every single time Golovkin fights anybody, that's how he's going to fight is that he's going to keep walking straight. No matter how big a puncher the guy is, no matter what, he has to walk towards you. One thing Golovkin does great, and this is not, he doesn't do this good. He does it great. And that's cut off the ring. He cuts off the ring great, and that's why it gave the appearance at times that Canelo was, quote-unquote, running. It's because this guy is great at being able to cut the ring off and making having you to make a move. So what happened, and this is just my, my conjecture. I have to go back and watch the fight uh, again. But when he would cut the ring off on Canelo, Canelo, once he started becoming fatigued, he couldn't slip and just move and boom, boom, bounce and get out of the way anymore. He had to kind of like, okay, let me let me get out of here. Okay, he's trying to cut the ring. Okay, let me get out of here because he became he had become fatigued over the course of the fight. But before you react to that, man, hey, give the people something to drink, man. Let's get them something to drink. If they listen to this podcast, we're about halfway through the podcast right now, man. I know you need a refresher. Go grab you something. If you if you're talking to them right now, Cash, uh, if they listen to this on their on their cell phone or in they in the car, they going to get something, man. What should they go get to drink right now to listen to the rest of this podcast? Hey man, listen, if you're a beer guy, man, get yourself a Modelo, man. Shout out to the big homie Q. He's a big Modelo guy, man. Um, you know, and shout out to the uh to the Latinos, man, out there in San Antonio, man. Go pick y'all boys up a Modelo, man, and take it easy on Sunday, man. There you go. You got the Modelo. And let me see what I'm going to hit him with, man. If you're drinking, uh, if you're going to get you a brew today, Sunday, fun day, you hit him with the Modelo. You know what? Go get you a, man, let's see what I like out here, man. Um, You know what? Let's keep it simple, man. Just go, listen, just go get you a Corona, man. Just go get you a Corona. Don't trip. Go get you some Coronas. Get you some limes. And just go chill out. You dig what I mean? Get you a Corona and some limes. Uh, get you a little barbecue going. It's a nice little day out here today, man. Get you a little barbecue, Corona, and limes. That's what you can sip on, man. But let's get back into it, though, Cash. Um, so, yeah, man, it was uh, 70-30 here um, where I was at, at, at the fight party. Also, let me just kind of plug this in as well. Uh, at the Alamo Dome here in San Antonio, we do have uh, uh, some fights coming up. 
uh, on the 23rd that I'll be at. So hopefully you guys can catch me out there if you uh, uh, come out to those fights at the Alamo Dome. I will be in the building. People's Champ uh, Radio will be there. So, you know, you can holler at me there, man. But let's jump back into this uh, Golovkin and um, Canelo talk. Uh, let's talk about the big elephant in the room because I don't think the elephant in the room was really the fact that it was a draw. I think what people got upset about was that 118-110 card. So let me ask you this. Here's the question I want to pose to you. Had that card been closer, right? Let's say she judged it, uh, it was a round instead of, you know, that wide of a scorecard. She gave it, she still gave it to Canelo, but it was by a round, would you have a problem with that if Canelo would have won a split decision? Um, yeah, because I thought Canelo got dominated. Mm. Again, I, I I realize you know based especially based on your assessment, that's maybe how the judges were looking at it. Uh, anything other than uh, Gennady Golovkin winning, I'm out on it. You know, I don't want to know split close. No, 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 no. I didn't see that, and the kind of Piggyback off of what you were talking about earlier about the fake aggression, I agree with you. There is a lot of fake aggression that goes on fighting in general, but that's not what happened last night. And all you got to do is look at the numbers. Golovkin, that was real aggression. That wasn't cornering a guy just to corner him. That was cornering a guy and then wearing him down. As you were talking about with you know Canelo's stamina look down, Golovkin was busy, man. It was not. There was no fake aggression about it. And at the end of the day, when I see someone that busy, that aggressive, and you're not able to neutralize that, I have to give this. Per- I mean, that's how you win the fight. So let me ask you then: Canelo you don't you don't think Canelo hit him? But you don't think Canelo caught him with some great counter shots? Sure. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I- yeah, twelve rounds. I would hope you so, was something. Well, but here's yeah. what I'm, but here's what I'm saying, though, right? So this is the way I'm. So so this is the way I'm looking at the fight. I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching Golovkin cut the ring off, stalking him, putting the pressure on, and I'm watching him hit him. I'm watching him throw this jab, right? Bop, 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 hitting him with the jab. Maybe throwing, you know, a one-two here and there. So let's say he, you know, throws three jabs and a right hand to the body. So that's let's say all four of those shots land, right? Those aren't really significant shots, right? In terms of like damage, so he would hit him. He, he would he would catch Canelo. Let's, I'm just saying, you know, in, in a sequence, you know, maybe a, a little three jabs, shot to the body. Well, what Canelo would do is on that next shot, he would slip it, and then hit this guy with a flush uppercut that would jack his head back, and then hit him with a straight right hand or a right hook to the body that most guys would fold up from. And I was like, okay, for me, that won him that sequence at that point, even though he didn't land as many shots. He slipped a shot, bam, showed the defense, uppercut, jacked the guy's head up, boom, right hand to the body. And I'm like, okay, bam, bam, you know what I mean? So that's the way I'm looking at the fight. And so I totally get what you're saying. And, again, what we're arguing is really minute points, right? This is what makes this a great fight. If you like boxing, if you like good fights, this is what made this a good fight because there was something in there, in my opinion, for everybody to really like. It was action-packed. It was really – Did you do you recall any real lulls in the action at all? No, not at all, man. The, the entire fight, I felt like the fans were on edge wondering, like, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Um, it was just an excellent, excellent uh, display of aggression. It was it was super busy. Uh, and listen, you know, Golovkin is a guy to watch, man. He's the guy that's going to make every fight mean something because of his style of fighting. He's stalking you. Uh, and he's actually putting punches together. So, Again, I walked away after that fight because um, I, I thought, because uh, you got to remember, I came into the fight thinking that, you know, Golovkin was going to get uh, taught a boxing lesson by Canelo. So understand, I came in with my money on Canelo Alvarez. I left the fight with far much more respect for Gennady Golovkin's boxing ability, his intelligence. Um, he, he, we already knew he cut the ring off, but... You know, his stamina was super impressive. So, yeah, man, much respect to Gennady Golovkin. And we need to start talking about how good Triple G is, right? Because what I hate to do is look at an undefeated guy and start tearing the guy apart. 
it's like, okay, if we're saying this guy isn't that good, well, why isn't anyone beating this guy? So at some point, people just got to get Triple G's card. And again, Roy thinks Danny Jacobs, Charlo, and, I mean, obviously Triple G can beat Gennady Golovkin, right? Those, those gentlemen are going to have to prove it. They're going to have to get in there and beat the guy. Because I'm with you. I, I, I don't believe Danny Jacobs can beat him, but I do believe that Charlo has what it takes. Well, let but me ask again, you. So let that's me, how good Triple G is, though. Let me ask you this. When he fought Kell Brook a few fights ago, before yep. Kell Brook got his eye socket messed up, and listen, that's mm-hmm. because he got hit. So if you don't get hit, your eye socket doesn't get messed up. So right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm <laughs> right. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that out. Take it right. That, so I'm not gonna take that out. Take that out out of the equation. But before yep. that happened in the, in the stoppage, how did you think Kell Brook was doing in that fight? Because I'm gonna show you what I'm talking about with Triple G. How did you think Kell? Excellent. Okay, so you so you liked what he was doing, right? You Absolutely. Bought, you, but hold on, hold on. Oh. <laughs> hold on. Go ahead. I also like what Kell Brook was doing against Errol Spence Jr. until he got that other eye socket broken. So listen, we agree that these guys are, first of all, Kell Brook. I was telling you that Floyd didn't want to see Kell Brook. And I'm dead serious about that. I and, I thought that you, his, and I thought you were wrong, but go ahead. But I believe that his ability to box is second to none. Kell Brook's counter-punching ability, his quickness, his jabs, his, his hooks, I believe that you can't name five people that can box, just flat-out box better than Kell. Now, Kell, for whatever reason, you know, his bone structure can't handle it. I don't know what's going on with the young man. You know what I mean? He got, he got some weird shit going on with him. But as far as boxing is concerned, just boxing, it's kind of like the Amir Khan thing, you know, with the glass jaw. You know what I mean? Like, Amir Khan was outboxing your man Canelo. He was, he was outboxing Canelo until he just got punched on the chin. So, you know, this is a game of boxing. You don't win because you're a better boxer. You got to win the fight. Right, but I'm bringing these guys up, right? Because what I'm, what I'm making the case of... And, and listen, I don't disagree with anything you said about Kell Brook. I think Kell Brook's an excellent fighter. But what I'm bringing up is that... Over the course of the last three fights, you can make the case that Triple G has taken a step up in terms of competition. And, Absolutely. And in those fights, you can say, wow, you know, these guys are really, you know, doing their thing. They giving Triple G a little bit of that work. You dig what I'm saying? He kissing yeah. the baby in a few of these rounds and he catches some of this work. Right. So what I'm saying is, because you were bringing up the fight, the, the fact that we got to start giving him his props, and we do. Listen, I, the guy's 37 and 0, 37 and 0. He's beating world class boxers. But who? Okay, but now we got to look at. But see, when you say that, now I got to pull up his record and say, okay, who has he really beat that we feel like are, are are world beaters? And listen, me and you have this conversation all the time about Mike Tyson as well, because you know. Although we can both agree that listen, Tyson was a hell of a guy to watch in terms of his excitement and all that. When you really start busting down the lines and saying, "Okay, who did he really beat?" and you know, how were they? Okay, you say, oh, he got, okay. yeah, he got, he, he got that work." <laughs> you dig exactly. Now listen, Mike Tyson apologist was uh, telling you about who died in his corner and the prison stand. Hey man, I listen. It ain't got nothing to do with me. All I know is there's a uh, documentary called Chasing Tyson. You might want to watch that if you haven't. Yeah, already. that's a great documentary. What did Vander Holyfield? You know, and they was trying to get that fight, you know, before the Riddick Bowe fight. I mean, not before the Riddick Bowe, before the Buster Douglas fight. So, you know, funny to me, too. Yeah, no, but see, so for me, I look at Gennady, uh, Gennady Golovkin and I say, okay, let me see the fights. Um, let, let me see his boxing record. Let me see who he's fought. And, you know, obviously I've watched probably almost all of, well, all of his recent fights. I don't know about some of these fights early on in his career. Um, you know, I, of course, I don't think anybody watched those fights. But right. um, when I'm looking at this, I'm saying, okay, cool. So let's go all the way back to like the, uh, to me, one of the first times I said, man, this Golovkin guy is actually, you know, he's really good. Is When I saw him fight a tough guy like Gabe Rosado, who's a real tough mm-hmm. guy. Um, but again Golovkin's style is going to be one that is going to captivate you because he's constantly coming forward clearly he can take a good shot um and he is looking to get you out of there he's not looking to avoid contact he's coming he's coming to knock you out basically um 
So when I start going through his record, I start saying, okay, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, but Curtis Stevens, I mean, okay, you know, Willie Monroe Jr., okay, I, I mean, you know, listen, I'm with you. I want to give him his props, and I am going to give him his, his respect, but you are correct. I, I didn't even think about this before <laughs> before we started today, but yeah, if you're asking me my honest opinion, I would say, you know, I can make a case for him losing his last two fights. And think about it, what you just said, you make a great point, you know, Back to love and fought, right? Well, it, it, this, this is always the problem with you boxing fans. Because you guys want to ask me who a guy fought, and then you want him to fight another guy. And I, I was asking you, who has Jamal Charlo fought? That everybody would know he beat, right? And then I'm going to go and ask you, well, hey, who did Billy Joe Sanders fought? And I'm looking at the top of the middleweight class right now, right? I'm looking at the top, uh, top ten boxers on this list. Um, out of the 10 guys, I believe seven of these gentlemen are, uh, no, 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 six are undefeated, right? Right, So, right. listen, that's, that's boxing. Guys get the Goldberg record going, and then they start fighting some big names. But the reality is, is that nor you or I even heard of Gennady Golovkin until a couple of years ago. So I couldn't tell you who the guy fought because it, it's boxing. He might have fought 25 fights in Kazakhstan, right? He's 25 and 0 now. Still don't know who you are. You got to build up your name, and, and then you know the name of the game in boxing. Shout out to Floyd Mayweather. Now you can't even get a fight with a with a with a boxer um, unless you built up enough clout. And I know I'm right because we talked about how Peter Quill took a year off from boxing. <laughs> the guy took a year off for no reason, right? And it was well, we know the reason. Um, you know, was to basically avoid some 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 fights, if you will. Right? Right, right. But this is boxing. I, I don't give the name who everybody who fought. All I know is this. The last two fighters he fought, everybody knows that these are world-class fighters. And he beat them both. Right. And I, I mean, he didn't beat Canelo. But I'm just right. saying, he beat, he beat Kel Brook, who is a world-class fighter. Period. That, I really wanted to see this, uh, this Kel Brook uh Keith Thurman fight, but Keith Thurman is ducking. Oh, really? But um, anyway, um, <laughs> oh, Keith Thurman is ducking, man. Oh, um, hold on. You, who, who is Keith yeah, Thurman? Who, 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 Keith hold on. Ducking, who is Keith bro. ducking? Who is Keith ducking? He just be ducking, man. Who do you think he's hey, ducking? So before Errol Spence, hey, before Errol Spence fought, you know what I'm saying, Kel, they kept saying, hey, man, he needs to fight somebody. And he fights Kel, all of a sudden, the boy, uh, his mandatory is Keith Thurman, and Keith Thurman gets elbow surgery. Yeah, I know. Listen, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got elbow surgery after he won that Kel Brook fight. Like he, you didn't know your elbow was hurt before. Come on, man. And so the point is, though, bro, is that a lot of people are going to be asking you and I when we start championing Errol Spence here pretty soon, right? Well, who has he fought, man? I mean, look, I'm just because Errol Spence hadn't fought anybody. You know why? No one wanted to fight this guy because it's not worth the loss. You see what I'm saying? Right. No, you and agree to that. Come on, Roy. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on, a, no, I'm a thousand percent with you on that. My only problem, yeah. my only problem with Golovkin, and, and listen, I, and I don't have many. My only issue with Golovkin because I believe that he did get that Errol Spence treatment to where he just couldn't get fights. My only, Absolutely. my only issue with Golovkin is that he couldn't get fights, but he never responded when. Um, when Andre Ward, Andre Ward wanted to link up and do a and do a catchweight, well, they man, never man, wanted to respond a good to that. Career move. That's a good. I'm not really mad at the guy for making a great business decision. You don't want some problems with Andre. You kidding me? No, I. And again, it it would have been a horrible fight for him because he would he would have lost. Oh, so he got his ass <laughs> so, so he yeah, would have lost. Got his ass so. Make a hey, make no mistake about it. I get why he didn't want to do it, but here's, yeah. but I mean, you take other guys and they have to step up and fight, right? Kel, it was looked. You remember when he fought Kel Brook? That was looked at as okay. This is Golovkin's coming out party because finally he yeah. has a he has a named guy. That was his biggest challenge to date, and he was getting his ass worked in that fight. But I know. So his big, but but think about this though. His big step up fight. In terms of, I don't want to say step up fight, but his big fight against a, a quote unquote named guy, a big named guy, was against a yep. guy coming up from 147 pounds. Yep. Think about that. Oh, I get it. You feel what I'm saying? Hey, so it's not like hey, he's. Hey, look, your boy Kel Brook. 
and Kell Brook went and got the money. So, you know. Right, Kell Brook took. Yeah, Kell Brook is like, let me let me get paid. Now listen, let me say this just just to segue a little bit. Kell Brook probably cost himself. I don't yeah. know. He cost himself a lot of money with 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 not yeah. fighting Amir Khan. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't make that fight happen. Their styles are perfect. Because you what happened? Well, and and well, it. the problem was that Amir Khan decided to go fight Canelo and take that money and get knocked out. Yep. You um, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Both of them took the get knocked out money and coincidentally. The two guys they got knocked out by by fought each other, so you know, funny to me too. <laughs> hey man, you're listening to People's Champ uh, Radio, People's Champ Radio, Roy Mack and Cash. You know how we do, man. Join the movement, man. We're on iTunes. Hit us up on the YouTube page. Leave a comment. We know the haters in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We know the haters and the trolls is in there, man. Trolling. <laughs> Hey man, we love it, man. We love it. Hey, before we get out of here, uh, we we still got some more time, but I don't want to um, I don't want to miss this because uh, this was highly requested because of what you decided to give us last week. Give us something to work out to, man. What can we listen to? Hey man, listen. Um, I was listening to uh, that doggy style, man. Snoop Dogg, doggy style. I give y'all albums, man. Everybody got the little playlist. I, you know. Listen, I'm going to give you an album, man, to work out to. Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. Make sure you're at least 17 years old, man. <laughs> I don't want no parents coming at me in the comment section. They 12-year-old decided to look up Doggy Style, you know, and, you know, and, and start calling, you know, their mom bitches and hoes. <laughs> if you ain't 17, do not listen to Doggy Style. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. But if you are of age, Doggy Style is a classic. No, yeah, Doggy Style, listen, listen, man, that takes me back, Doggy Style. Yeah, that's a good one. So, uh, it seems like when you, it seems like you, uh, when you're, when you're listening to music, you don't do a playlist, you just go straight album. Well, because I turn up to a playlist, right? So, those songs are like when I'm pre-gaming to get ready to hit these streets, right? So, I don't, I don't listen to that playlist because that's a different, you know, frame of mind I'm in. When I listen to an album, and I'm working out specifically on the treadmill because I'm on there so long. It allows my mind to kind of, you know, uh, drift, if you will. Well, let's do this you then. You're on treadmill for 45 minutes. It's like, you know, you can't be turning up for 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Look at so, this. Look at this guy giving us his workout regimen yeah, right now. Yeah, look you know, at this 45 guy. 45 minute treadmill, 1500 <laughs> calories, no big deal. All right, so let's do, so let's do this. You just gave us an album to work out to. Give us something. Give us something mm-hmm. to uh, to turn up to, man. Before before everybody head out. Before next weekend or Thursday night. Before everybody go out. What should they be listening to? Give us a track. Uh, listening to um, I ain't got no type, man. Ray Shrimmer, throwback, baby. Yeah, that right there. That's the one, right? That gets you in a perfect yes, mindset sir. you need to be in before you I hit the streets. Ain't got no type, bro. Right. All right, let me see what I'm gonna give him, man. Um, if we're going albums to work out to, I'm not gonna think that hard. I'm just keep it real simple, man. The Kiss Method, keep it real simple, man. I'm just throw in that Jay Z Black album and do your thing. Just throw that in, man, and you can't go wrong oh. with that. Yeah, man, the big homie, and something to turn up to before you head out. Let me see, man. That's gonna be a little more difficult for me. Um, man, uh, let's go with. Oh, you know what? Yeah, let's go with let's go with some. Yeah, five, man. You know, I'm I'm you know I'm uh, a, I'm a real. chiller. You hey, know, I like to chill. What you listening to right now? <laughs> I like is to chill. Old man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. What I'm a chiller, man. What you're hearing right now, ladies and gentlemen, is a a married guy <laughs> with kids. This is what happens when you get married with kids. You forget that there's actually music. To turn up to, so listen. I'm gonna give y'all a second turn up joint. This guy, <laughs> oh, come on now! <laughs> hey, this guy right here, man. Come oh, on, man. man. You was clowning me last week about D'Angelo, but you can't. Get well, you decided to give everybody. Three. Well, you told everybody she listened to D'Angelo to work out to, and I'm not sure. Hey, you know. Hey man, hey, how does it feel? <laughs> you know? I'm not sure. That's good advice. <laughs> you know. Bro, I'm not sure. Friend, well, hold on. Like, let me. So let me give let me give him a track, man. Let me give him a track, and if you want to give him one more before we get back to the to the to the uh, to the uh, sports, you can. Um, you know what track I like, man, and I like him as an artist. Um, 
the kid uh, from Houston, Travis Scott's, man. Throw that Goosebumps in. I like that track, man. And I like him as an artist, too. Shout out to Travis Scott. Yeah, I like Travis Scott. Relevant, man. If Travis Scott wasn't from Houston, we literally wouldn't even have a music scene. That's now, how tragic it is. Now we're about to get bombarded with comments and, and mail from Houston because this guy decided hey, to say that they wouldn't have a music scene if it wasn't for Travis hey, Scott. We wouldn't have a music scene that's relevant, man. I ain't talking about the... Because I grew up on underground Houston, you know what I mean? But I also understood that people from Cali and... Well, not from Cali, because people from Cali was rocking it, but I also understood that once I start going you know, east, you know, people wasn't really, you know, listening to Chopped and Screwed. So I'm smart enough to know that. You know what I mean? No disrespect. The music scene has just been stagnant for so long. Shout out for Travis, to Travis Scott, man, for keeping the music scene relevant out there in Houston. Hopefully he can, you know, spread some of that creativity, man, and we can get a lot more creative. We can't come down no more, though, man. We got to stop coming down. Well, listen, what we have to hope is that he is, does not get involved in this Jenner, this Jenner Kardashian curse. That's what we got to hope. Late. It's too late for that. It's too late for that. We here now. We here now. It's too late for that. Listen, man, Travis from Mo City, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the big homie, Travis Scott from Mo City. Hey, man, listen. I'm listening, man. I'm from Sunnyside, but I went to Huntersville Elementary, too, at one point. So, Shout out Mo City, baby. This guy shouted out Mo City. And it's funny because I also went to Hunters Glen in Missouri City. Um, but anyway, man, let's keep it rolling, man. Shout out to Mo City. Let's yeah. keep it rolling, though, man. Um, so, great fight last night. Um, looking forward to the rematch. You said that you would you think that Golovkin uh, would win easy. I would go with Canelo in a rematch. But we both do agree that it's going to be based on the time. Um um, of when the rematch is going to happen in terms of, you know, right. how this thing might work out. What do you think about if they if they both fight someone else? Should they fight anyone else or just wait for that rematch? No, no, no. no. If you don't fight, if, you, if you're, if you're uh, physically able to fight again, fight each other because Golovkin don't, he can't afford the year. He just can't. So let's if get... Golovkin can't, if Canelo's camp is smart, they'll fight somebody else and let Golovkin get a little older. So let's get to this real quick because it was a lot of reaction um, from the guys at the Mothership, ESPN, from people on Twitter. Um, Teddy Atlas, I don't know if you saw Teddy Atlas, but he almost had an aneurysm on air um, mm -hmm. about the corruption because he went in heavy on the reason that this was a draw was because of the corruption in the sport. And it's Be all careful, about... Teddy. Go ahead. Be careful. Yes, yeah, and so... For me, listen, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no fool, right? I'm no fool. I get what goes on in boxing. I'm a huge boxing fan, um, so I understand what goes on in boxing. Um, one eighteen, one ten. Was that was that a bad scorecard? Absolutely, absolutely. But here's what I don't like, right? And I love Teddy. I actually like Teddy Atlas. I'm a Teddy Atlas fan. I like Teddy. Um, he, I love his commentary on Fight Night. I love Teddy, but. Um, here's what I didn't like is when you come out and you degrade the sport like that publicly and you talk about how, yeah. you know, it, 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 I don't like that because what that does is those casual fans who actually enjoyed that fight and might think about yeah. watching more fights. They say, oh, see, no, he's right, because this this guy, Teddy Atlas, he really does this boxing stuff. And he's telling me that this thing is corrupt. So why would I want to continue watching this? And for all of the Triple G apologists, right, who probably felt like Triple G won, this is what they're going to go off of. And, you know, and I told you, I work with I work with some young uh, cats who said that, you know, Canelo uh, has been ducking Triple G, right? So now hearing Teddy say this, and obviously he's in favor of Triple G winning the fight, it just puts a, it just puts a, a stain, man, on the sport. Um, and it's always irritating because here's the deal. Those judges, you know, it's their opinion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and boxing wants to go to this compu box, uh, you know, uh, lay, lay, you know, percentage of punches, you know, maybe compu box gets around, right? And then let the humans, and then we add them all up and see who wins. I mean, listen, man, this ain't a this ain't a perfect science, right? It's still human beings. You and I just saw the fight two totally different ways, right? You get what I'm saying? I felt like Triple G dominated this guy eight to four, and you had Canelo winning. 
So if you and I was, you know, judging this fight, I probably would have had the 118 to 110 Triple G favor, right? right? So, again, I mean, does that mean I'm corrupt? I don't think so. And there's a lot of fans that got totally different opinions of this fight. Just read, read the comment section. Right. So no, we got to be yeah, careful right. when we start talking corruption, I, you know. Throwing those hot words out there, we got to be real careful. Right. Well, see, and here's what I what I mean when I when 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 I bring that up. And again, no disrespect to Teddy, is because I didn't hear this same outrage because people really do forget this. The Floyd Mayweather and Canelo fight was a split decision win for Floyd. People yep. always forget that <laughs> that was that Floyd won by split decision, and I thought Floyd won minimal ten of twelve rounds, minimal, <laughs> like 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 no yep. brainers for me. He won no doubt, no less than ten. You can make a case that he won easily all twelve rounds, and it was a split decision. One judge, yep. literally, one judge watched that fight and thought Canelo Alvarez beat Floyd Mayweather. And we're not always right, man. Look, Kovalev Ward. There was a consensus that Kovalev got robbed, right? Everybody to a man was like, man, Kovalev beat the hell out of Ward. They can't believe he won by split decision. What happened in the next fight? Ward beat the hell out of Kovalev, right? So it probably means that he probably beat him that first match. He didn't beat him how you wanted him to win. But if a guy dominates a guy after that, sometimes it probably means that, you know, your opinion of the fight was wrong. Uh, my Donna Floyd. Floyd had to rematch a guy. And everyone in boxing has consistently said um, that fight was not even close the first go-around. Everyone agrees that Floyd dominated Maidana in the boxing world, right? But D-Cast were saying Maidana gave Floyd a run for his money. Then what happened in a rematch? Floyd beat the hell out of Maidana. Nobody talks about it anymore, right? So, again, fans, you're not right all the time. If you believe that there could be a mistake, that this is a mistake, that's one thing. But to, to start talking corruption and stuff, Gotta be real careful with stuff like that, man. Yeah, and like I said, I, I just didn't like it because you know a guy so respected like Teddy for him to kind of spearhead that, you know, that kind yeah. of you know, like it's, like you said, what it dangerous does. Dangerous rhetoric, exactly. Um, and, and you know, especially coming off this. Let me ask you this, because you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't partake in the, uh, you know, the, the buffoonery of that McGregor Floyd fight. How was it scored? They were all wide scores for Floyd, which the UFC, okay. the UFC fandom did not like. But basically, I believe I'm, if I'm going off the top of my head right now. But I believe yeah, all yeah, three yeah. scorecards were wide for Floyd Mayweather okay. um, when it was stopped. Um, so the UFC fans and I remember specifically uh, Chael Sonnen came out and was saying that they were going they were about to rob McGregor as if he was going to you know win a decision, which was. Jesus, I, I don't know what the hell they he was talking about. Him. Matter of fact, let's let's <laughs> let's jump into that right now before we run out of time. Um, let's nominate. I'll let you nominate a guy, and I'll nominate one guy. And it can be somebody in the sports media. It can be somebody from social media, just a random person, just anybody who you just want to say, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" Just name, nominate somebody for the "What the hell is this guy talking about?" Man, I, matter of fact, I'll kick it off. And I'm going to kick it off with Kirk Herbstreit. I don't know what the hell he's talking about with him kind of having like this little back and forth Twitter thing with a high school kid um, that started up a little er earlier in the week. Kirk Herbstreit, listen, man, just just do the little pregame, do the show and chill out, bro. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, um, you know, because he, he alluded to like the kid needs to just worry about his own team. And listen, Kirk, just chill out, bro. Um, you know, just try to do your thing. Backstory. What started this uh, back and forth? So the kid apparently, I believe he's a he's an Ohio State recruit, and he kind of posted something on, on his social media. I guess he's friendly with one of the quarterbacks at at Ohio State, and he was like, "Yo, they need to you know put my guy in and let him get some you know and let him work." And oh. he he didn't at Kurt Herbstreet. He didn't say Kurt Herbstreet's name. He just put that in his Twitter. You know what I mean? It would be mm -hmm. like like me having a friend going to school somewhere, and I'm like, "Yo, he let let my dude get some run." And Kirk came back with a bunch of, hey, recruits, you know, need to worry about their own team and yada, yada, yada. Mm. And it was just, and then, you know, it, it, the tone was bad. You know, it, it, it didn't make sense. And, it, you know, again, I, you know, what the hell is he talking about? That's all I can say. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Anybody you well, got to nominate this week, man, for, you know, what the hell is he talking yeah, about? Yeah, man. You know, I, I stay on social media, man. I like to keep up with the trolls and the decaf. 
Uh, you know, they give me they give me a daily a daily uh, boost of energy. You know, laughing uh, with the uh, the idiot idiot comments that they make. But let me uh, segue to Joe Budden. He's on a show that Complex Magazine has on YouTube called Everyday Struggle. Um, they were talking about Cameron. Um, you know, the the artist, the rap artist Cameron, and where he ranks in hip hop. And Joe credits Cameron. Um, with the success of Southern hip-hop music. Joe said it wasn't until Cameron uh, and Dipset accepted Lil Wayne. Um, you know, it wasn't until that that, you know, hip-hop really accepted Southern rap, basically. And Joe, what the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> you ever heard of Master P, Joe? Master P signed a distribution deal that will never, ever be done again. A little guy by the name of Master P, Joe. You ever heard of Scarface, Joe? one of the greatest lyricists in the history of hip-hop music. Joe, have you ever heard of Outkast, Joe? Like, stop it, man. No one has ever, um, no, no acceptance of, of, of a Southern artist in New York didn't spearhead anything. And shout-out to Wayne and his grind. But before Wayne, there was a little guy by the name of Juvenile holding it down in New Orleans. There was a little guy by the name of Mystical. Stop it, Joe. So there what you the go. hell are you talking about? There you go, man. So for this week, Joe Budden, Mr. Pump, Pump, Pump It Up. No disrespect to Joe. I know he hates that song, but, but for the Joe Budden, <laughs> Joe Budden and Kurt Herbstreit this week, man, we put we got to ask y'all, man, what the hell are you talking about, man? What the hell's going, <laughs> the hell's going on right now, man? What the hell is going on? <laughs> the hell's going on right now, man? So, Kurt, yo, man. You're a 45-year-old man. Come on. Yeah, man. So, listen. If you got somebody you want to know what the hell's going on, post it in the comment section. If it's me, let me know, man, if you don't know what the hell's going on with me. Maybe you thought Triple G won the fight and I'm bugging right now. Let me know, man. You can get in that comment section. Hit us up on YouTube. Also, we're on iTunes as well. Follow us there. We're coming to Android, man. Just hold out for it. We be there. And, uh, yeah, man, we're going we're gonna to keep rolling. Cash, anything to leave the people with, man, for the day? Hey, man, everybody have a great Sunday, fun day. Live responsibly. Um, you know, get your Ubers, get your Uber on if you're going to drink. And, uh, yeah, man, let's enjoy, enjoy some, uh, some Sunday football, man. NFL. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Today was basically all boxing, man. Uh, we had to react to that fight. Next week, we'll get back to the regularly scheduled program, man. We'll go in. Uh, we'll recap the NFL week. We'll also look ahead on the NFL week. We got some NBA things I want to talk about, too, next week. We'll jump into that. And, uh, you know, we're always looking out, man, for anybody who's saying some 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 uh, silly stuff. We'll nominate you next week for what the hell you're talking about, man. So, hey, holla at us, man. People's Champ Radio, Roy Mack and Cash. We out of here, man. See you next time. Cash out.